from the red and black, this is the front page. Today is Wednesday, February 24th, and in this week's episode, we'll discuss Georgia baseball and what to expect from them this spring season. The team lost some top players to the 2020 MLB draft and has adjusted to COVID-19. And joining me on this episode is sports editor Austin Roper. Yeah, thanks for having me. And managing editor and baseball reporter William Newland. Happy to be here. To discuss what we can expect from Georgia baseball this season. So to start, the Georgia baseball team opened up their season this past weekend against Evansville at Foley Field. Georgia won three out of its four games against the Purple Aces. Discuss some observations you both took away from covering this series. Yeah, well, to start, obviously the elephant in the room is that Georgia was without Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox from last season. And so the big question entering this weekend was who was going to replace those two on the mound, at least, you know, starting the games. That took a turn last week when Ryan Webb and Jonathan Cannon were announced as out for the series. Ryan Webb has tested positive for COVID and then Jonathan Cannon was out due to mono. So the expectation this weekend was, well, let's just wait and see, see what Georgia has, what they're going to bring out on the mound. And the answer to that question was two things. One, a lot of left-handed pitchers. And the second thing was a lot of young pitchers. The last three starters on the mound for Georgia, the first and second game of the doubleheader, and then the game on Sunday, all were left-handers, all were freshman pitchers. And they performed relatively well. Jaden Woods had maybe the toughest outing of that bunch. He pitched four and two-thirds innings, allowed three hits and three earned runs, and only two strikeouts. But still, for a group of players who were just so young, to say that that's the worst performance or that's one of the worst performances of the weekend. On the mound, when there were so many questions entering, I can't really say that's too bad of an outcome for Georgia. It's good for them in the future because whenever they get Ryan Webb and Jonathan Cannon back, which I think Ryan Webb is going to be back for next weekend series, it's just going to mean that they have more depth and they have more experience, especially um, on the mound and especially with their freshman you know, pitchers that they have. You know, I think overall they go three and one against a team like Evansville. I mean, it's decent, but it doesn't bode super well going forward for Georgia, especially once they get into SEC play against the caliber of teams that are in the SEC. And kind of to cap off Austin's point about these freshman pitchers, I mean, a whole host of freshmen got in on Sunday, last day of the series. You know, I mean, they allowed one hit, which is great as a committee, but they also walked 10 batters, which is pretty ridiculous. And and, and head coach Scott Strickland in the postgame press conference talked about how he's, I don't think he's ever seen a game where there's, they've allowed one hit, but walked 10 batters. And so you look ahead at, you know, especially the SEC opponents they're playing. And if you walk 10 guys, uh, I mean, that's just, that's just not going to fly. So you heard a lot of guys talking about later in the season, this is going to come together, especially talking about explosiveness on offense and getting the first guy out when you're pitching. So you're not running into a situation where there's a guy on second or runners in scoring position with less than two outs, which then just a single is a run. So you heard a lot about, you know, when the weather warms up, when we get more experience, we're going to settle in. And I think that could be true. I mean, it's, it's hard to really assess them after just four games, you know, one series against Evans. Phil, they really they didn't look like the same team from last year obviously and I mean I think that's that's to be expected probably the the brightest shining stars from this weekend were Connor Tate and Corey Collins Connor Tate was a little surprising because I feel like when you think about Connor and Cole Tate you lean toward Cole as the more 
productive guy. But I mean, Connor just showed up this weekend. I, mean, I think he he went seven for 11 or seven for 12. He's leading the team in batting average, three RBIs. And then Corey Collins, the freshman coming in, just being the designated hitter. He was the fifth batter in the order for the first two days this weekend. And he played great. He got on base constantly, was driving in runs. And then he was switched to the cleanup spot to the third position in the order. And he wasn't he wasn't doing as great. He wasn't producing as much. He wasn't getting on base as much. So that's interesting. Strickland said he wanted to give him more experience before he moved him up in the order. So it'll be interesting to see if he gets moved back down. Maybe that's just a more comfortable place for him. But Connor Tate and Corey Collins were definitely the best on offense this weekend. Here are some overall thoughts of this past weekend from head coach Scott Strickland. Well, when you lose opening day the way that we did, I mean, it's really tough to handle. So we could have folded right there. And, you know, heck, who knows, we could have very easily lost game three yesterday. And, and then we're fighting like crazy today just to split the series. So I thought our guys handled the adversity well. It was not a perfect weekend by any stretch where we have a, a long way to go and a lot to improve on. But overall, we could have folded and we did. I thought that we played very hard. I thought our guys' energy was good. And, and again, a lot of guys contributed. We played a ton of guys this week, and I'd say probably close to 30 players saw action. And, uh, and that just shows a lot of depth and, and Uh, is going to help us in the future. Georgia has some big shoes to fill after pitchers Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox were drafted to MLB teams last year. Hancock and Cole were both the Friday and Saturday starters in 2020. Free agents Tucker Bradley and Cam Shepard also signed with MLB organizations later this summer. Talk to me a little bit about the role these four Bulldog alum played on the team last year and how losing them will potentially affect this 2021 team. To kind of run with Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox, like I said, Emerson was the Friday starter last year and Cole was the Saturday starter last year. And um, because of that, they both finished with the most innings pitched on the roster. Emerson had 24, Cole had 23. I mean, it was really just the ability to go long in games that they both had. And that's something that you didn't see this weekend from Georgia, from really anyone on the mound. C.J. Smith, he started Friday's game. He was the only returning weekend starter for Georgia. I think he only lasted four innings. Um, in his outing and he gave up two run runs and so that could turn into a problem if I mentioned earlier the 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 number of, of freshmen and players that got to pitch this weekend because of the four game series and because Georgia was without two of its normal starters but if Ryan Webb and Jonathan Cannon come back and they're not having longer outings on the mound for Georgia then you have to wonder you know that that's really when we're going to see how big of an impact losing Emerson Hancock and Cole Wilcox have because George is going to have to dip into their bullpen more often in their 18 games last year and that could become an issue obviously because they have so many freshmen kind of talking about Tucker Bradley and Cam Shepard who both signed last year after the draft you know Tucker was just the spark plug for the Georgia offense last year and Austin and I were talking about this today and I said you know Corey Collins kind of gives gives similar vibes to Tucker Bradley but like Austin said Tucker played in the field I think he was left field Corey Collins is playing DH so they don't they don't get that boost in the field Tucker would also pitch every now and then I know he closed one game last year he might have even started a game and you're not going to get that from Corey Collins either so plus he's a freshman so he obviously doesn't carry around the same energy as Tucker does but he he looks to be and Strickland said he thinks he'll be just really a big part of this offense and I can definitely see that but I don't think he fills that gap and then Cam Shepard he started something like 198 consecutive games for Georgia so it's just every single series you knew he was going to be there at shortstop 
He was a great fielder. You know, he wasn't the the best hitter on the team, but just what he brought in such an important position at shortstop was invaluable. They have Cole Tate playing shortstop now, and he's playing the position just fine. And his batting is fine. He's in the two spot. But those are just huge huge gaps to fill. And I think it's a big part of why the, those two, as well as Emerson and Cole Wilcox being gone, all four of those guys, I think is why we're seeing this kind of sluggishness at the start. You just, you're not seeing that same explosiveness as last year, especially in terms of Tucker's ability to get extra base hits, home runs, doubles. He was just a machine and just keeps just driving in RBIs, keeping people moving around the bases. Right now you're just seeing singles, bunts, you get lucky on an error. They, they just don't, look like they have an identity on offense this year. So now the main question being asked of this team is who's going to take charge as pitcher? Share with me, Austin, what you think Georgia's starting rotation will look like this season. Yeah, so I think maybe how Georgia and its head coach, Scott Strickland, was was coming into this weekend was, hey, let's figure out who we're going to have as our frontline relievers in the bullpen. Seems like that was their appropriate approach going into this weekend was to just figure out who was going to be the reliever for the, from the bullpen. C.J. Smith, who was the Friday starter, like I mentioned earlier, he was already penciled in as a starter. Um, he's going to be a regular starter on the mound every weekend for Georgia. Likely, I'm assuming, to be the Saturday starter. But to answer your question, who's going to take charge as a pitcher that's tough to answer simply because I think the strongest pitcher Georgia has is Ryan Webb and and it's not like outlandish or bold of me to say that because he was a first team All-American preseason selection um so he's expected to come out on the mountain and pitch really well last season he was really just in a leaving duties He, he closed a lot for Georgia last year but he pitched 15 total innings with 26 strikeouts and 13 hits allowed, but only two earned runs. And so I think that if head coach Scott Strickland can have that every Friday, if, if that's what he's expecting out of his Friday starter, then he's, I mean, he's going to have a, a solid Friday starter. He ended the season last year with a 1.2 ERA. And so although we didn't see Ryan Webb this weekend, um, I, I, I didn't see anything this weekend that would make me believe anyone else would be Georgia's premier starter or premier pitcher going into this year. William, describe the ratio between the leadership and experience among this team and which they need more of this year in order to ensure a successful season. Right. Yeah. So there is a bit of an influx of older guys sticking around this year. There's plenty of older leaders on the team. You think about Colin Connor Tate, Cheney Rogers, Mason Meadows, Riley King. They were all around in 2019 and last year and we spoke with Riley King maybe a week ago or two weeks ago and he was talking about how that when they were eliminated in the 2019 playoffs that was kind of their rallying cry for 2020 and since that was cut short they still kind of have that fire in their bellies to get back in the postseason and do some damage obviously it's going to be harder this year like we said with the guys they lost but they still have some of those older guys around who stuck around because of the different format of the 2020 MLB draft which I think is worth just a quick explainer that the draft was shortened from 40 rounds to five, which was billed as a way to save teams money because they weren't going to have to pay much higher signing bonuses. So like a, a player drafted in the 10th round could make up to maybe like $100,000 for a signing bonus. So in shortening it to five rounds, they then capped all of the signing bonuses for undrafted players for free agents at 20000 So it was a way to save money. And so some of those guys who could have gone in the eighth round or the 10th round or the 12th round came back and are going to play another year in college ball. 
And then hopefully if the, if the draft is lengthened again last year, they, they might go, go pro and be able to make more money right off the bat. Yeah. So some of those guys I mentioned, like, like the Tates and, and, and Riley King might've stuck around because of that. So I think in terms of which is more important leadership or experience, since the experience is with the team leaders, I think they kind of go hand in hand this year. And it's going to take those guys kind of just digging in and reaching for what they had last year and really kind of instill that same energy that you felt around the team last year uh, into all the young guys who are coming in. Cause there's some really talented freshmen like uh, Fernando Gonzalez, a catcher and Corey Collins, who's been being the designated hitter so far. So it's just about them kind of tapping into that and extending it to the other guys. I think is what they really need to do. And lastly, William, Georgia was just about to enter SEC play against Florida during the 2020 spring season when COVID-19 abruptly cut it short. How is the team preparing for possible COVID-19 interruptions this season? Yeah, so so like I said, there's more guys on the roster in general, partly because of the draft. So that's kind of a big part of their COVID safety plan is that they have deeper reserves that they can rely on. Head coach Scott Strickland said they have four guys who can play catcher on the team, which is definitely handy in a scenario when your first, maybe your second guy might be out from COVID if it spreads around the team. And so then another part of that is is Strickland said during practices, during scrimmages just with the team playing second, third, and short. And he had his outfielders playing left, right, and center just so that they could be ready to step in. I think we could see a little bit more movement of players around in the order and on the field kind of as as the season gets started, just so that they can get those reps and have that experience. We saw that a little bit in this opening sp- series. I think they played two catchers. Some guys were moving around in the order. Brandon Jernigan came into play for Ben Anderson. But yeah, Strickland said these first couple weeks before they get into SEC play are also handy because they're playing all of these games in the state of Georgia, which limits their travel, obviously. But I mean, you're still going to get exposure. Like on Wednesday, they're traveling to uh, Atlanta to play Georgia State. So they're going to be traveling there. They're going to be in new facilities. It's the same issues that every Georgia sport has been dealing with since last March. So we'll just have to see how that goes. I'm not not sure how much of a benefit it is to be just playing in state. Obviously playing a lot of home games is definitely helpful because they can just keep tabs on their players more and be more strict about staying in the bubble that they've created. Well guys, thanks so much for hopping on the show with me today and giving us a little bit of insight on what to expect from Georgia baseball this season. Yeah, no problem. Do not say anything about letting me come on and talk baseball because I will do this all the time. (laughs) This is awesome for me. So thank you. Yeah, same here. Thanks for having us. And that was The Front Page. The Front Page is a production of the Red and Black Publishing Company. This episode was co-produced by Austin Roper, William Newland, and myself, Sarah Detweiler. The Front Page is sponsored by the Cox Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership. Thanks for listening and we hope you tune in next time.